Good morning, everybody. Yes, that is your cue. Sit down. Please be quiet. Let everyone enjoy the show. <laughs> Please place your phones on silent. You know, all that good fun stuff. And we have refreshments. No, I'm just kidding. No, we don't. All right. Um, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to be in your house. Uh, we thank you for just your blessings to us, Lord. Uh, even despite the snow that's out there, and I know it was a little bit hectic yesterday, uh, but uh, we just thank you that uh, the roads are safe today and that we could make it here. And I pray that you would bless us today. I pray that we have a great time in your word as we are challenged by it and uh, that we would choose to, to, to live for you, that we would choose to do things that would please you. I pray that that's what we do today, Lord. Uh, thank you, God, for all that you bless us with. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, I'd like you guys to go ahead and stand with me if you would. We're going to go ahead and start singing this morning. Uh, page 105 is going to start out, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary Mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon. page 82, Victory in Jesus.
Why don't you go out and greet one another this morning? Wish each other a happy new year. I didn't say sit down, but it's okay. I got, I'll let you all sit down, I guess. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> all right. Um, let me give you a couple quick announcements. Uh, you can see there in the bulletin today we have the Lord's Supper um, following the service as well as a carry-in dinner. We don't usually do both of them together on the same day, but hey, it's the first Sunday of the year, and uh, why not start off fellowshipping with the Lord and fellowshipping one with another? Uh, You say, oh, no, I forgot about the dinner. It's okay. Come on back. I'm sure there's going to be enough food. Uh, There always is. There's always take-home containers. Um, And then, uh, let's see, January 17th is a quarterly business meeting at 7 o'clock. Now, if you notice right after that, it says $16 at autos. That's not supposed to go on that line. Uh, We're not charging you to come to the business meeting, and it's not at autos. Um, The business meeting is free. Okay, um, but we would like you to come to that. 
but the 7 o'clock at autos, at least as of right now, uh, is for the uh, church bowling. That is also at 7 o'clock. Um, and that is on January. i got to get my glasses out. I can't read. The 26th. Yes, January 26th. Um, and then February 17th, we're having the soup cook-off and the bake-off at 6 p.m. And then uh, March 16th. Uh, before we had uh, January 13th as Barb Solomon's memorial service, but uh, um, they had some family that uh, wasn't able to make it, so they changed it to be able to hopefully get some more family there. Uh, and so that's why the memorial service is moved to March 16th. We're not sure of the time yet, but as soon as we know, we'll let you all know that as well. Um, all right, uh, let's go ahead and we'll sing our last song. It's in the bulletin or up on the screen. Um, amazing love, and we'll take up our offering during this song.
good singing. I'm going to ask if uh, Dave Weber would ask God to bless the offering, please. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 13. Romans 13. We are in the new year. We are in 2024. How did that happen? I don't know. It's just crazy how time keeps going. Um, So we're kicking off a brand new year, and with that, we're going to kick off a brand new sermon series as well. And it's called You in Five Years. And uh, so what I want you to do is I just want you to think right now. I want you to think about big numbers. And what I mean by big numbers is I want you to imagine in your mind your age in these big, giant numbers. Okay? Now, some of you is like, well, okay, do I have to do my actual age? Can I just what I tell people how old I am? No, no. you got to do your actual age. Imagine that in your number. Now, you got it? All right, now, add five years to that. Do you feel old yet? <laughs> um, I know I do. Uh, I mean, if, if the first number didn't scare you, most likely that second one was. For me, I'm 47 years old. In five years, I'm going to be 52. That just blows me away. How did that even happen? I don't know. My wife, my wife's not afraid of letting people know her age. She's very proud that uh, she's 46 years old and she looks the way she does. And uh, as in like, I'm 46. I have no problems with this. That means in, in, in uh, five years, she's going to be 51. I'm going to be married to an old woman. I take that joke from my, my father-in-law because he always says that, that at night he sleeps with an old woman, an old grandma. But that's because it's his wife. And anyway, sorry. My, no, just forget it. Um, so as I said, she's going to be 51. My kids, Nathan and Katie, they're going to be 28 years old in five years. Matthew is going to be 20 years old in five years. Maybe driving by then. We're not sure. But, <clears throat> but hopefully you're not scared of either of those numbers. But uh, it, it really, I hope you get excited because five years is a lot of time. And I, I hope that you're excited for this next season in your life. And, and you believe that God's already gone before you into that new year and you're excited about what He's got for you this year. And I think sometimes when it comes to the new year and all of our planning for change and all of our hopes and uh, for transformation, I think the problem when it comes to that is that we think too small. Uh, most of us underestimate what we can do in a long-term situation. But we overestimate what we can really do in a short term. I think that's really one of our problems. We look at a short period of time and we think we can do so much in that. And we look at a long period of time and we underestimate what we could truly accomplish if we would just stick with it. The trouble is, so many of us uh, have tragically short attention spans. Uh, you know, even the, I, I know this is not a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, the stick 
You know what I mean? Uh, the, the, the ability to stay with it. Uh, a lot of that is evaporating from younger generations. Uh, we, we jump ship all the time. Uh, <clears throat> we're, we're, whenever uh, we're not happy and we're, whenever we're not ecstatic anymore. We just don't stay with stuff long enough to really see a significant impact. You know, this is true, unfortunately, in a lot of ministry uh, out there. Uh, you know, the average pastor stays right around, if not just under three years before they go to the next position. That's a long time. I mean, that's not a very long time. Now, next month, we'll be celebrating 19 years that we've been with you all. And you're all like, okay, when are we going to get the next one? This one guy's old. We need a new one. I don't know. But, I mean, most that does not typically happen. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, talk about youth pastors. I was a youth pastor. The average uh, time for a youth pastor is only two years that they're with. You know, you can't really make much of an impact in a community or even in, in someone's life uh, if you don't give yourself long enough time. And I wonder if, it's the, if the same isn't true in many of different situations and relationships in our lives. You know, we, we overestimate what we can do in the short term, but we underestimate what we can do in the long term if we would just stick with it. So this is the theme behind you in five years. We're not going to start a new year saying, okay, this is, uh, here's what's on the line between me and uh, 2024. Here's what I'm going to do in the next 12 months. No, I, I pray that we're going to think bigger than that. I pray that, that we will be asking ourselves, who could I be by year 2029? I mean, if, if I get after it and I really work hard and I give it all that I've got, I trust uh, that the God who made heaven and earth, the God who was for me and who is not against me, uh, who gave me his son, who gave me his spirits, who could I be in 60 months from now? That's the question I hope that we'll be able to answer and hopefully you'll be able to set some goals for your life. So the title of today's message is The Life That You Get Stuck With. The life you get stuck with. All right, let's look here. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. Paul is writing to the, uh, the people of Rome and he says, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, pause there for just a second. Salvation. Salvation occurs in three different phases, okay? Uh, first, you, uh, when you initially get saved, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have justification, okay? Justification is where God has taken away from you the penalty of sin. And, uh, and then after uh, justification, uh, well, when you get to heaven when we've been saved, uh, and we are saved from the very presence of sin, that's glorification. Uh, but in between salvation and glorification is a phase called sanctification. That's where you are being saved from the power of sin day by day. Uh, as you yield yourself to God, you set yourself apart to God's holiness, and you watch God do wonders among you. I mean, that is the process of becoming more and more like God. That's sanctification. That's a progress. And there will never be a time that we will be totally sanctified here on this earth. That will only happen when we are glorified in heaven. Okay, so just want to let you know that about that. Um, that uh, the day of our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That's what he's referring to. Verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. 
And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. What this means is that we should not be lording around, not laying around doing nothing for the Lord. Don't get to thinking that you've got all the time in the world uh, because we don't. Don't get into that false thinking of, well, I'll serve God when I get older. Or I want to have some fun now while I'm young and I want to see the world or whatever the case may be. You see, what we do for the Lord, we need to do now because we're not promised tomorrow. Verse number 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. What is he saying? He says, put on Jesus Christ. Dress up as Jesus Christ. Not like as in like cosplay. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking you dress yourself in Christ and you get up and you do stuff and you be up and about. Now, I think we can all agree that five years is quite enough time to accomplish quite a bit. Okay? And I got to thinking of what someone could do if they gave serious efforts for five years, what you could accomplish. And I've got two lists here. and They're not going to be up there. They're just, I'm just going to read through them. But uh, two lists. You've got a positive list and a negative list. Five years is a long time to do a lot of good, but you could also do a lot of evil as well. Positively, you know what you could do in five years? You could learn and become fluent in a whole other language. Now, I've been talking English for the last 47 years and I think I'm only about 75% the way through fluent in it, okay? Um, I just, I, I struggle with English as it is. And I didn't even take a foreign class. Uh, my foreign class was English. You know, I mean, it just was difficult for me. Um, but in five years, if you really dug in and tried, you could learn another language. You know, and it's never been easier to do so. You've got Rosetta Stone. You've got Duolingo. You've got think, the Internet. You could... Do stuff for free, and it's really amazing. There's so much that is out there to take advantage of, and so much more than just cat videos, okay, or on YouTube that the Internet has brought into our lives. There's so much out there that you can do. What else can you do in five years? You could earn a degree. You could go back to school. I mean, you, you know, you get through high school in four years, you should at least be able to get through college in five years, you know. Uh, I mean, five years from now, you could have a a whole different world of opportunity that is open up to you if you took advantage of it. Well, you say, well, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't like school. Well, you know what? You could learn a trade in five years. You know, you could learn a whole new skill. Is five years long enough to get skilled at something where uh, you, you, you have some aptitude in it? Certainly. You know, college isn't always the answer. The key is to get some type of marketable skill. And uh, what does that mean? You figure out what you love to do, and then you find out how to get people to pay you to do what you love to do. Uh, that's the key. Figure out what you have a passion for from God. Uh, you know, and God, God gave you something that you're great at, and you figure out how you can get to a place where people will pay you to do that. And you do that well, and they're going to listen to you. Or you could binge watch Netflix for the next five years. I mean, it's completely your choice. Right? That kind of goes on my negative list. I'm not there yet. But uh, what else can you You can master a sport. You, if you're not a runner, you could take up running. I mean, in five years, you should be able to run a marathon if you took it seriously. That You could, you know. Uh, or you could take up fencing. I've always loved sword play. Anybody like swords? 
Maybe it's because I grew up. I just, I always loved the battles. You know, this, this when men were men, you know, they had to swing these big old swords, you know. I love that. But anyway, um, you know, same with boxing, you know. Uh, I, I like both of those. I always thought it would be so cool to be involved in those as long as people didn't hit back, you know. I could really get into both of those. I just don't want to take it. I want to give it, you know. Um, but uh, uh, well, what else? Maybe chess. Well, how, how good could you be? You could be like Bobby Fischer, good, you know, in five years of working at it if you really dug in. You know, you could be one of those guys that jumps out of airplanes with those squirrel, you know, things that you could like zoom through the air and glide through the air. Uh, you could do that in five years if you work at it. You could own a house long enough to where you are so financially set that you could sell it and make a profit. You could read, in five years, you could read 60 books. You say, well, I'm not really much of a reader. All you have to do is read a book a month. You say, oh, man, that's, you know how much that is? Yeah, if you took a 200-page book and you broke that down, that's only six pages a day that you'd have to read. How long does it take to read six pages? Some people say, well, I could read that in six minutes. Some people say, it'll take me six hours. I don't know. But, you know, you could spend some time in reading it, and the more you read, the quicker you'll get at reading. And just think about that. In, in one month, you'll get a book down, and you're like, oh, only 59 more to go. <laughs> but most likely, you'll get faster, and you'll read more. And you'll read more than just 60 uh, uh, books in, in five years. In you could, here's something else you could do in five years. You could radically transform your soul. Growing closer to God than you've ever grown closer to Him before. Think about it. Jesus was on the earth for three years, maybe three and a half years. What if you gave Him the next five years and just seeking Him constantly in everything? What, 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 you know, he promised that if you did seek Him, that He would draw near to you. Uh, and, and that you would find him. The problem is that we just don't. Maybe, you know, you know you, you've heard of, uh, you know, the people want to say, well, God didn't answer my prayers, you know. Well, maybe the problem is that unanswered prayers, maybe the problem is that you aren't praying. You should be praying about stuff, but you're not doing that. How much peace do we forfeit because we never go to God in prayer? But if for the next five years you chose to seek out God in prayer... You sought God in Scripture. Maybe you've never read through the Bible before. You know, if just two chapters a day at the end of five years, you would have read through the Bible three times. Two chapters, that's not much. You could do that. You know, uh, um, you, could, uh, you, you could be like Jesus. You know, whenever he got into a hard spot, his reaction was to pull out from Scripture, from God's Word. And uh, every time uh, someone, uh, you know, every time someone bugs you or tempted you, uh, all of a sudden your verse pops into your head because you've been reading it that morning or you read it last week and, and it was hidden in your heart. So now you, you uh, are not going to sin against God. Because you have His Word in your life. You have His sword in your repertoire. Hey, we're back to swords. I like swords. The Word of God is the sword of the Lord. With the, with the sword in your hand, like Jesus, who, when the devil came against Him, Jesus uh, would say, it is written. You know, this is what you're not going to do. It is written. Parry that attack. It is written. Jab with that sword. It is written. Thrust. It's a, you know, that, that's my positive list. There. There's a lot of things you can do in five years, Right? Well, here's my negative list. Five years from now, you could be finalizing the details of a horrifying, messy divorce because five years of neglecting your spouse. You could be partially through a print prison sentence 
I mean, that's drastic, right? But prisons are full, and at five years from now, there could be just, you could just be five years into a 20-year sentence or a 30-year sentence or a life sentence. Five years is long enough to get majorly addicted to drugs, even, into a life, even in a life-threatening way, if not dead. Five years is long enough to have worked five, six, seven different jobs that you partially applied yourself to before quitting or getting fired. Five years is more than enough time to rack out mountain, mountains of credit card debt to pack on 50 extra pounds a year. There's so much. I mean, five years is long enough to do a lot of good. But it's also long enough to do a lot of evil, too. I think we can agree on that. By the time you get to five years from now, you will have had enough road that's been traveled for you to do a lot one way or the other. I guess there's a third option as well. In five years, you could be in the exact same position uh, where you are right now. I don't know. I don't think that's really that much of a win, you know. But this series is all about let's make good decisions Let's make wise decisions. Let's get to five years from now and be pumped about the decisions that we have made. Now, this is just an introductory message. Um, uh, and uh, honestly, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg here. But uh, on to something maybe a little disappointing. Um, the average American uh, Christian attends church once to twice a month. That's pretty sad. You know, once, once or twice a month. I mean, that's discouraging for me because I spend hours preparing messages for this, for, for, for you all to come. And on average, only one to two times a month. I mean, think about how, how about many who are only going to hear 20% of a given message series. Because they come and they skip and they skip and they come and they come and then they skip and then they come and they come and then they skip and they skip and they skip, 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 skip. Christmas. Come, come, skip, skip, skip. Easter, come, skip, skip, come. You get the idea. So I'm asking you to break that trend if that's anywhere where you are right now. I'm asking you to break it and, and, and commit to God that for the, the, the entirety of this series that you will be here. Now this series is 52 weeks long. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this series is just five weeks long. Uh, would you commit to that today? Um, you're not committing to me. Just commit to the Lord that you'll do everything within your power to be here. I mean, what could happen if you came every week of this series? And so that's my challenge, not to miss a single week. So let me give you my entire series in a single sentence. The ways you let in become the ways you are set in. I mean, we all have ways, right? Everyone has ways. The Bible tells us that God has His ways. And the Lord's ways may not be our ways, because as the heavens are high above the earth, so are the Lord's uh, high above ours. We have ways, and our ways are how we choose to react, how we choose to speak, or, or, or how we choose to insert ourselves, or, or when we choose not to. You know, when we accept and when we decline, we, when we stay, when we go. We all have our ways of doing things. You have your ways, I have my ways. Some of your ways don't look like my ways, and that's okay. Many of our ways are modeled after our parents. 
our ways that we saw. We adopted our ways because that's how mom handled conflict or that's how dad spent money. That's how we saw it modeled for us on, on TV or that's how we see it modeled on in, in, in social media. Our worldview, our ways, our actions, our words. Now, we go back to this. The ways you let in become the ways you are set in. So you can get stuck in your ways, and and that can be the worst thing ever, or it could be the best thing ever. Regardless, it's not black and white. It's neutral. Uh, Getting stuck in your ways is a good thing if you're getting stuck in the right ways. Does does that make sense? Okay. Now, um, we read Romans uh, 13. Let's pull four, four different things from Romans 13. The first thing I want us to know is that God... I'm sorry, time is not on our side. Twice in this text, Paul brought this concept of time up. He said that he doesn't want us to lose track of time. He wants us to be aware of the time. There's two Greek words here for time. One of them is chronos and the other one is keros. Okay? Chronos is this generic sense of time, any time. Keros is a strategic time, a specific time. Time. So Kronos would be like, hey, do you got the time to come over and help me, you know, do something? Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Keros, like I said, is more, is not general, it's more specific. When you are at the airport, anybody ever been to the airport? And they say, okay, now it's time for first class people to come on the board, you know, and then now is the time for those that are in wheelchairs to come on. Now is the time for all the kids to get on. Now is the time for all you pathetic people that couldn't afford first class tickets you can now board. You know, they have a specific time, okay? That's what it's referring to. Um, Paul said, the night is about to be over. The dawn is about to break. He's speaking about not not just one day. He's talking about the end of life. And, and, And the end of life, not to be morbid, but it is coming at us at breakneck speeds. David said in Psalm 39, verse 5, he says, Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths. And my age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man uh, at his best, I'm sorry, every man at his best state is but vapor. Selah. Flip over to, hold your uh, place there, but flip over to Psalm, Psalm chapter 90. We'll read a couple of verses there. Psalm 90. So, The fog that appears in the morning and then vanishes into thin air, you you know, you're buying things, you're going places, you're driving around, you're double-clicking on stuff on Instagram. Just before you know it, it's all going to vanish into thin air. You're not going to be on this earth anymore. Look here. Psalm chapter 90, 90, verse number 10. The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, some of y'all are young. Some of y'all are my age. And some of y'all are old. 
Right? I mean, you're going to blink and decades are going to pass. The longer you live, the faster it goes. Time is not on your side. Aristotle said we should measure time in heart throbs. Not like heart throbs like uh, someone that you really like. Okay, We're talking about the beating of your heart. you know. And he says every beat of your heart is a gift. You're not guaranteed it's going to happen again. Five years... You may not live five years. You may only live three years. You might as well. You might be in the ground in six months. First Peter chapter one verse twenty four says, "Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away. All the beauty, all the uh, all that we build, all that we accomplish. I mean, we're talking like think about this, Caesar." You know, Napoleon and Bonaparte, the, the, even the, the, the founders of the United States, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, all great. But look, it's all just grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So time isn't on our side. Your life is just grass. But through listening to God's word, we can tap into something that's forever, something that's eternal. So speaking of this idea of you in five years, I want you to know not only that time is not on your side, but the future you is an exaggerated version of the current you. The future you is an exaggerated version of current you. Sometimes we think about the future rather romantically. Oh, uh, who, you know, as a kid, who am I going to be when I grow up? You're going to be exactly you, just exaggerated. You know, if you want to know what you're going to look like in five years or ten years or twenty years, just look at yourself in the mirror with more miles on the odometer. I mean, uh, what do I mean? I mean, if you're kind today, most likely you'll be kinder then because these things deepen. You know, these things mature. If you're generous today, you'll be more generous. Picture a more generous person that looks like you with just a little bit more leathery of a skin. You know? Uh, if you are today cruel, you'll be crueler still. You'll be harsher still. Those things just deepen down uh, as it gets into uh, uh, down in all the cracks of who we are, and it hardens and it forms into your character. If you're disciplined today, you'll be more disciplined still. I'm trying to get you to see that most people are looking for the wrong things. They're looking at the flower and being fooled by the grass and not understanding that the things that, like, like, like a wine, get better with time are the invisible attributes etched in the inside of our souls. Hey, time doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are, makes you more of who you are. Time isn't going to change you. Oh, I'm going to be different in the future. No, you're not. You're going to be exactly like you are today, making the same choices today, just more set in your ways, unless you choose to make a difference. You choose to do something different. I've got some verses for that thought process. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27 says, He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. 
If you are earnestly looking for good in people, looking for good in situations, looking for good in life, living with a faith-filled optimism, well, guess what? As you grow older, you're going to find favor. But if you're seeking trouble and evil here on this earth uh, during this time, if you're the first to find the problem in any situation, you're the first to find faults in everybody, you're just going to have more trouble. How do we know that's true? Well, what if we were to read your messages? The, anything that you wrote, you know, comments that you make on social media, statements that you say, emails that you write, text messages, all the little things. If you're looking for evil, you're, you're going to find some trouble. Second verse I have. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. Great visual. I'm thinking of Wally e. Coyote. I don't know if anybody else is. Uh, uh, you know, who's always trying to do something to try to trip up the, the roadrunner. Uh, if you are constantly seeking to, to, to get other people and try to get them in a bad situation, you're going to fall into that snare. And it's not going to change who you are. Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. If there's a critical nature to you, if you have a wounded spirit, if you have a rushing around to cast judgment on other people around you, it's going to boomerang back on you. So, future you. It's the current you, just exaggerated. And if all you do is say, well, time will change me, it'll mature me, not necessarily. But here's some good news that I get from Romans 13. That if you don't like what you're getting right now, you can change it. You can change what you're doing. You know, what about five years ago? You look back at 2019. 2000, wow, that doesn't seem like it should be five years ago, does it? If you look back at five, uh, 2019... When you go back five years and then you look forward to who you wanted to be by now, what kind of person you hoped you would be, what kind of character you hoped to have, what kind of choices you were going to make, if you're disappointed now with where you are, you'll be more disappointed in five years if still nothing changes. If you look back on your younger self and you're thinking, where's that guy? Where's that girl? Uh, that, that, that person who hoped that they would turn into, well... The future's not going to change you. You're just going to be more exaggerated. So if you don't like where you're, what you've been getting, you need to change what you're doing. What's the definition of insanity? You're crazy. No, the definition of insanity is if you continue to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. That's insanity. If you don't do anything to change, nothing's going to change. You need to make some different decisions. You need to value something different. You need to watch out for what ways you're letting in before they begin to set in. And that's very important. One pastor by the name of Greg Laurie, he said, the evening of life is determined by the morning of it. 
That lines up with Scripture. What Paul's saying there in Psalm—I'm sorry—in Romans 13 about the night about to come to an end, the dawn is about to come. We're, we're still living in the moments, morning of life, you know, uh, and we can make decisions before the evening comes. We're still living, you know. May, maybe you're on the evening of life, you know. You, you've gotten a little farther along in your life, uh, and, and but guess what? You can still make decisions before the dawn comes. It's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to not harden your heart, but to yield and to repent and to stop living for the flower and the grass, but to start living for God's word. The fourth thing that I I think that we can learn from Romans 13 is that ongoing consistency is much more important than short-term intensity. How do I want you to respond to this message? I want you to respond with a measured determination. Now, I'm not asking you, I'm not pushing you to start coming up with a list of ways that you're going to change because I think that's going to be premature. Right now, I just want you to, to begin to talk so that we could understand this is going to be a lot to bite off. And we bite it, and we're going to chew for a bit. We're going to chew on it. It's like eating really good beef jerky. You know? you got to chew on that sucker for a while before you can swallow it. Um, that's what we need to do with this. Chew it up. Think it over. And then swallow it. And ongoing consistency every time will trump short-term flared-up intensity. Why is this the case? Well, an ongoing, steady, slow, measured consistency allows you to tap into what has been called the most powerful force in the universe. I'm not talking about God here, okay, because God is the most powerful force. But uh, what, they, what has been called the most powerful um, force is compound interest. Anybody know what that is? Some of y'all know what that is. You get it. You understand it. Albert Einstein said compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't understand it pays it. See also credit card debt. Right? Whether you're earning 20%, Uh, or you'll be paying 20%, comes down to whether you understand the powerful force uh, and the power of steady consistency to build up and become strong over time. One of the best ways I've ever heard uh, um, to get your head around compound interest looks a little bit like this. Imagine, if you would, with me, some dominoes. Okay? Uh, Dominoes. Now, let's say we started with a domino that was itty-bitty. We're talking one millimeter wide, and five millimeters tall. You say, we're not, we're not English people. We are um, Americans, so speak in inches. Um, I don't know what that converts to, so just Google it up. Okay. Um, but imagine, if you would, a one meter, one meter thick, five millimeter tall domino. Now, if your dominoes were to grow one and a half times, they would get bigger, right? be very easy. Okay. Um, now, if your dominoes, like I said, were to grow one and a half times by the 14th domino from one millimeter wide, five millimeters tall, would be the 14th one would be one meter tall. You say, well, wh- again, I'm not getting this. Okay. Let's just, five millimeters is like about a half inch. One millimeter, I'm sorry, one meter is a little over three feet. In 14 times from that, okay? 
And that 14th one would be about 100 pounds. That's compound interest. That's exponential growth. The problem for so many of us is that we, we think, well, I don't have time for that. You know, uh, we, we made it to March so many times with our resolutions, and we just are discouraged. Why? Because we want to be at that 14th one. We're like, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds. And so I'm going to lose 50 pounds, but, you know, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes determination. It takes, you know, it's going to be, but we're like, well, no, I want this to happen now. And so um, you can all know the domino effect, you know, things just start falling. Um, If you try to take that little one and you only go like up three sizes, that's not that much bigger. And you're like, okay, I want to take that third one and throw it at that big one to knock it over. Guess what? It's not going to happen. There's not enough weight behind it. There's not enough uh, 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 girth behind it to be able to knock that down. And, and we're like, well, you know, we try, but it's just we're not seeing the results that we want. Give it some time. We say things like, well, I want to change. I want to get it right. I, you know, but I tried that. I tried reading the Bible once, and it just didn't work. Well, you've got to read more than once. You know, it's so frustrating. I want to lose weight. Can, isn't there a pill I can take? Can I just buy something off of Amazon to help me out here? You know, or why can't I be a great husband? Is, is there a marriage conference that we can go to? No, just do the dishes and, and stop being a jerk. Oh, no, I did that once and that didn't help. Well, duh, you've got to keep doing it. Here's the thing. You can't jump from five millimeters beginning, uh, uh, at the beginning to the one meter without going through the growth of every single one. But as each one is one and a half times bigger, if you knock over that five millimeter one, It'll knock over the next one, which will knock over the next one, which will knock over the next one, and it will also knock over that one meter tall domino. But here's the thing. It takes time. That's the five years it's going to go. And if you, like I said, if you stack those up, you knock the first one down, it'll knock it all the way down. C.S. Lewis said that good and evil both increase at compound interest. Both lists mushroom out of control. That is why the smallest decision that we make in every way are of infinite importance. By the way, if we continued on, we doubled on another 14, well, almost 14, by the 29th domino would be the size of the Empire State's building. That's 1,400 feet tall, roughly. Imagine what, where you could be if you were just steady and doing what you need to do. There was a study done in Australia about the effects of sunscreen on aging. They took 900 people and they were split into two groups. One group was told to wear high-powered sunscreen whenever they decided that they were going to go out and it's sunny. You know, if they're going out into the sun, throw some sunscreen on and put on that 50 SPF stuff. You know, it's sunny. I need to put that on. Okay. The other group were told, you know, every single day of your life, put on 15, SPF 15. Just do that. You got one group, 50, only when it's sunny, only when they're going to go out in it. And then uh, the other group, uh, SPF 15, you know, every single day. And this, this study lasted four and a half years. 
So four and a half years go by, and uh, they study the before and after pictures of both groups. And uh, the group that was told to only put on the higher SPF whenever they went outside, the scientists could not deny that there was aging still that took place uh, in a very short period of time, of four and a half years. There was aging. Now, would you believe the group that only put on SPF uh, uh, 15 every single day, there was 25% less aging in them? You say, well, how do you know that? I looked up the study, okay? I can give you a link to the study. Uh, they, they, they took microscopic pictures of their hands and they measured the wrinkles in a square inch or something like that. And, and there was 25% less aging that took place uh, with the SPF uh, 15. So are you all going to go out and buy SPF 15, start using it every single day? I don't know. That's up to you. But turns out, though, slow ongoing consistency steady it's going to beat flared up intensity every day of the week you understand this is not a get rich quick scheme this is not do whatever all this great and wonderful things quick it is slow and steady makes the race beats the race wins the race So what's true of your skin is also true of your soul. So circle back to where we started with. What is the life that you're stuck with right now? Well, it's like kind of like what your mom used to tell you when you used to make ugly faces at your brother or sister. You better stop doing that or your face will freeze like that. Do you know there's actually science behind that? There really is. If you, you know, if you smile a lot, do you know what, what you get? What do they call them? Laugh lines, you know? Um, but there is a science behind it. The more you do it, the more it, it kind of gets ingrained into your skin and who you are. But anyway, you know, you can grow smile lines or wrinkle lines depending on what your con- constant normal is. The life that you get stuck with is the life that you are making. So make it a good one. Start making the decisions now, even though they may be small. I'm, this, I, I'm tired of the same way all the time. I'm tired of always being out of shape. I'm tired of never uh, being knowledgeable enough to be able to share the gospel. I'm tired of whatever that is. Then make a change. Decide to do something different. Because if you continue doing the exact same thing and expecting something different to happen, that's insanity. Not, nothing's going to change until you start making decisions to change. Would you stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for the challenge. And Lord, we're grateful for this time considering these these powerful truths. And Lord, I pray that you help us to put those into practice in our lives. That, That we would come to you and not just look at us and say, what do I want to change, but... Go to your word and go to you and say, Lord, what do you want to change in me? And then start making small decisions to be consistent in. As we grow in you, that we will become more and more like you. I pray that in five years we're not going to be the same people we are today. That we will be closer to you. That we will be more spiritually mature not even at the same 
level we are today are gone in the opposite direction, but that we would choose to be closer to you. Help us, Lord, to do that. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this challenge. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Just give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord. I don't know what God's got on your heart, but uh, let's, uh, um, we're going to sing page 400, Have Thine Own Way. for worshiping with us. Uh, We're going to close this aspect of our service in prayer, but I hope that you'll stick around uh, for the food. I also, more importantly, I hope you'll stick around in fellowship with the Lord uh, with the uh, Lord's Supper and Deacons Fund offering. So uh, as soon as we get done praying, I invite you to move over to this side. Come on down closer. Y'all can do that. Um, And uh, we'll worship the Lord that way. Um, Rick, would you ask God to close this aspect of our service in prayer? Thank you.